Welcome to the Unfunny Kevin Show. I am your host, Kevin Melody. It is so great to be back with you, uh, you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you uh, for your support over the last fucking 30 episodes. Here's episode 31, and I hope it is just as good as the last 30, if not better. Um, I hope you had a wonderful week. Uh, Thank you so much for those of you that have shown support in the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, Go in there and leave uh, five stars if possible uh, and a little comment. It helps us uh, quite a bit, and I really appreciate it. Um, It was a crazy week. So I I told you guys last week I'm in ACA. And, you know, update on my dad. He's uh, apparently fine. He found his way to a sober living. So he's doing his thing, and um, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, he can go get better. I'll get better. I uh, signed up for therapy. I'm being assigned a therapist. This is like the whole bullshit about health insurance. Like you pay, I pay like $300 a month. My company that I work for pays another $300 a month, pay $600 a month. But then when you actually fucking like need something, like you actually decide to use this shit. I've been doing this for like the last six years, paying fucking $300 a month, $600 a month total. Like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's truly like a circus. Like there's absolutely no way to describe it other than it's the fucking circus. Like the bearded lady on the other end of the phone, who's angry, takes the call. They kick me to the giraffe and then they kick me to the elephant. And it's, it's like this, it's just a revolving door of horseshit. So hopefully I'll have this all settled and solved. Um, and we can like improve our healthcare system. It's not, it's not like a political thing to say. <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, that would be good. Speaking of our healthcare system, uh, Delta variant ripping across the country, just as everybody's panicking and, you know, they're like, we might do another lockdown. People are like, Oh, I still, I still need to see the science. It's just like, okay. You haven't had enough. Like, it's like, it's been like 16 months. Like, you don't, like, I remember a lot of people don't, if you listen to the show when it first started, we talk about this, but I'm going to do a a little thing here. I I remember when COVID first came out. I'm going to sound like an old man right now, but I remember when COVID first came out. And when it first came out, it was like, it was kind of, it wasn't like an indie band, but it was kind of like, you know, it was like, have you heard of it? Nah, I haven't really heard of them, dude. They're fucking hitting. They're, it's hitting, dude. You know, you're like, eh, it's not really. It won't catch on. It's like TikTok. In the beginning of TikTok, you're like, dude, it's fucking 15-second clips. I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I just truly don't get it. They're throwing elbows and asses, and a couple white girls are dancing, and they're eating pizza, and there's like, and then before you know it, there's like a TikTok house where like underage children are housed, and then they're put on display like animals and they they make videos for millions of dollars and have corporate sponsors like fucking hp and they're all of a sudden they have vodka brands and and it doesn't make any sense that's kind of how covid was where it was just kind of like in the beginning you're like no it's like tiktok like who the fuck cares and then eventually it's like the standard like it's just what we live with and live by and everybody loves it and a lot of people hate it it's just weird like it's really weird um, but now we know like there's testing, there's plenty of fucking, um, therapeutic, uh, you know, approaches to, to treating it. However, like, it's funny because there's still motherfuckers that like we're, we're worried about people that aren't vaccinated now. 
which is just funny. It's like, look, I'm, I don't care. I'm sure half of you aren't vaccinated that listen to this fucking show. You know, like I have listeners from deep South, deep, deep, deep South, uh, who are probably deep Q and I'm totally okay with you. I love you. You're here. You don't need to get the job, but accept that we don't care if you die. Why is this like a, like, I don't understand why this is a thing. Like, why do we like, look at Florida. Okay. Um, Floridians don't care if they die from this, right? Like if you, like, I feel like, like the cars are built, we have the seat belts. You're not wearing the seat, but like, we don't, why do we cry over that? Like what we should just keep this like, okay, you're not going to get vaccinated. It's fine. You don't get treatment. You know what I mean? Like you can stay home with your fucking crystals and your holistics and you can just fucking do aromatherapy and you can pray through it and whatever fucking thing you want to do. You just can't leave the house. You got to stay home. If you get the vid, you got to stay home. I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know when we became this whole, like, well, now we're really concerned about like the jury, the jury's out. I mean, they created at warp speed for those of you that fucking love Trump, whatever I need to say for you to understand this, they're there. They exist. So it's like, why? I don't know. It's just, it just blew my mind that like, it's still a thing. Like, I can't believe it. I can't believe like the vaccines exist. They're free people. People come from other countries. They sneak in here now to get our vaccine. Like it's fucking hilarious. I have family from Iran that came through two countries to come here to get Moderna. Like it's like we're spoiled cunts, like truly spoiled cunts. And we're not even like, it's just weird that we don't really like in no other scenario. Do we care? And it's like, I'm not telling you you don't have a choice. It's fine. You have a choice, but just like agree that should you choose, you might not be able to do certain things. Like, I don't know. You might, you know, you got to just go through it naturally, whatever the fucking thing is. I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. Shout out Delta variant. Hopefully it's not here to stay. Unlike TikTok, which unfortunately is, seems like it's going to be here forever. Um, I was going to talk about, so I know most of you might have seen this. Some of you may have not, but Lollapalooza in, in Chicago, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like 190,000 people are there. People were just fucking getting lit no one's wearing a mask it's it's crazy and, and that's great because like i kind of liked seeing that it scared a lot of people because of like delta floating around but i liked seeing it. i'm like wow this is nice like people are enjoying themselves but i just don't like mud slam dancing like whatever's like it's like a tribal white thing like these people like like doing snow angels and mud and it's kind of like it's like a like woodstock or whatever i'm not a festival person Like, I'm just not like, I think it's like, it's like, it's kind of like comedy. Like I would never go see a comedian at a festival. Like I would never go in the fucking field, cornfield with 10,000 others and sweat next to people whom I don't truly like. And then watch a lot of people I don't like. And then just to get the one person I like, and I can't even really hear them and people are making out and rolling and tripping and fucking and sucking around me. It's just it's too much. Like it's it's just too much. Like I've never thought that was fun. Like at any point in my life. I was always very harsh on festivals. And I don't know. I thought like there was this one thing. There's this documentary on HBO called Woodstock 99. It's really fucking good. 
I would truly recommend it if you have HBO Max. It's it's a great documentary. But it's also hilarious because you see like these just angry fucking sweaty white dudes just dancing in the mud and eating mud and it turns out it was actually shit. Like it's just weird. It's really weird. So uh watch the documentary <laughs> if you want to see that. Um I put a poll out on Instagram. Uh, do you like music festivals? Now get ready for this. 45% of you animals said yes. 55% said no. Shout out to you guys. And a ton of fucking people answered this poll. <laughs> and I was kind of surprised to see that it was that close. I thought by miles people would have said no. But it's just the thing. It's like I truly don't like half. Like every time a bill comes out for a festival, I'm like, I hate or don't recognize three fourths and I'm like fully erect to see like two or three people. So for me, it, it, like every time that happens, I'm like, fuck it. Cause I'd rather get, I love that intimate setting. Like if I'm going to see comedy, I want to see it in like a, a really shitty room. I don't know why I know it's weird, but I want to see it somewhere that's not that polished. And I want to see it somewhere kind of dark. If ideally pitch black other than the stage that gives you kind of gives you the feeling and the atmosphere that if you lit a cigarette indoors at your table, no one would care. Like no one would notice. That's the kind of places I like. Now I feel the same way about music. Like anything bigger than I'd say the Roxy is a fucking stretch. Like the Viper room. Great. Fucking great. I'll see, I'll see anyone there. I'll see fucking anyone I love there. I don't believe people need to be arena acts. I don't believe you need 50,000 people to like feel electric, dude. Like I want connection. That's what I'm seeking. So I don't know. And if, if I'm going to see an artist I love, why not see them in the best, most intimate way possible, right? It's just like, I don't know. I, I'm Maybe I'm weird, but it looks like you guys kind of agree with me when it comes to this fucking festival shit. It's just not, I don't know. Something's not fun about that. <sighs> anyway, it's a solid, you know, rant there. I'm going to be really ranty because I didn't do any stand-up last week. Um, and I'm going to take a moment to tell you about Lucy J CBD pre-rolls. Lucy J at Lucy J CBD on Instagram and Facebook. If you're trying to chill and relax after a long day, Lucy J CBD pre-rolls are the best bet. I can fucking tell you personally. The CBD version of Lucy J is not intoxicating, but most people report a sense of well-being and uplifting mood from the CBD flower found in the pre-roll. There's a calming effect from CBD and terpenes in premium hemp flower. Lucy J Delta 8 pre-rolls. And so I'll call this will all be coming to e-commerce soon, so you can buy it on their website. But for now, go to LucyJCBD.com, use their store locator, find a store near you that sells Lucy J C B D. I actually had um uh they have this, it's called the Delta 8 version of Lucy J. It takes your experience to the next level. Delta 8 THC is a close relative to the Delta 9 THC that's found in actual cannabis. It is intoxicating, and most people report a clear head, increased focus. And a euphoric high after smoking the Lucy J D8 pre-roll. If you enjoy Lucy J's, we would appreciate helping amplify the brand exposure on Instagram and Facebook. Post a picture with your Lucy J during one of your favorite activities. Tag at Lucy J CBD and use the hashtag where hashtag where is Lucy J. And if you go, you know, let them know. Follow them, let them know where you found them from. Let them know it was the unfunny Kevin show. Uh the Delta shit is insane. That's funny. Lucy J Delta variant. That fucking pre-roll is actually really good. It does fuck you up. And it's uh, it's just a good, like, calming. Um, it's not too much. It is 
it can be kind of too much. It gives does give you kind of the like uh, I call it the like DVD chapter effect. So like when you I don't know if you guys remember DVDs, but DVDs have those chapters. So it's like you know a, a film would be broken up into twelve sections or whatever, and then you hit next and you can just skip ahead. Like that's how it felt. Like I was smoking and I just felt like. I was in a moment and then all of a sudden I was in a new moment and then I was a new moment and I just couldn't even like grasp that those previous moments happened. Like it was really fucking intense. But if you like the movie chapter feeling and if you just like a general feeling of calm the fuck down, I would suggest it. It's pretty good Um, with ashwagandha and melatonin and all the other things I keep to avoid from taking fucking Xanax. Um, it's a good thing. <laughs> like, it's a good thing. Like, trust me, I've, it's helped me quite a bit. Uh, yeah. So going back to the music festival thing, I don't know. After seeing that fucking Woodstock 99 documentary and all that shit, I'm, I'm not really into that shit. I, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Um, and also like just seeing the shit arrive, like come from that festival, like the Lollapalooza shit, seeing all the all the people um you know and and just the way they were fucking huddled around each other i just hate that shit being crammed just pisses me off it's weird can't explain it other than that um so this week i am going to actually get to do some stand up i also got some interviews i'm excited to do um some of the new shit that i've been working on it's really um i don't know it's it's personal obviously uh and i'll be doing it uh in my act but it's, it's just funny. Like I've been writing a lot about, uh, childhood. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, I've been working through all this shit with my dad and just like some things that I realize, like, it's weird. You get older. They always say like, you know, there's some bullshit. I'm, it's a fucking meme. I've seen somewhere on Twitter. Like, you know, dude, your twenties is all about, you know, blaming your parents for your teens and your youth. And it's like, no, like that's fucking whack. Like, I, like I get it. Like, you know, maybe if you have half a brain and you analyze yourself, you realize, Oh, well your behaviors and your patterns might come from the home you were fucking raised in. Yeah, I get that. But it's not a blame game. It's more like figure out what makes me tick so I can dig it out and break it. Um, shout out, uh, atmosphere. It's a great, uh, rap lyric, but yeah, I, you figure out what makes you tick so you can dig it out and break it. What the fuck makes me tick? What sets me off so I can go in there and fix it and rewire it. Um, and it, I, I've come to find as I get older, like it's kind of, it gets more clear. Like it becomes much more clear and it becomes easier and it, it gives you a better understanding and whatever the case is. But, but yeah, so I've been, writing extensively about these funny like experiences. And I think like my, for example, my mom, when I was really little, she was just, she's, she's an amazing woman. I've bragged about her a lot on the show, but when I was younger, she would say things to me that were intended to make me feel better about like whatever the situation was. So I'll give you an example. And it's, and again, this woman, English was her second language. She speaks it better than me now, but some of these things were just funny. Like, so when I was younger, she would say something like, you know, uh, I'll exaggerate the accent a bit, but she'd say, <laughs> she'd say things like, let's get this uh, road on the show. And I, and I'd be like, Oh, that's funny. 
let's get this road on the show. And I like, I'd go repeat it and I'd be like, let's get this road on the show. And then people would like, look at me funny. And I wouldn't realize like, that's because that's not the way the phrase goes. It's let's get this show on the road. And so it's just little things like that. Growing up as a kid, I would repeat certain things. And it was funny to me because even when I figured out that I was saying them wrong, I almost thought it was funnier to cling to saying them wrong. And people would think that I was fucking crazy. You know, they just, I just say things like just, just kind of parrot things my mom would say. Um, but you know, once I hit, I would say middle school, that's when it kind of changed. It was really interesting. Like in elementary school, she'd say these funny things that helped me out. But in middle school, I got really angry and I just decided like, I'm fucking upset, not just because I was a teenager, but also like my dad went to rehab when I was 13. So I started, I developed this kind of like, fuck this motherfucker. Like I got really angry. And I remember one night, this is crazy. I was 12 years old. So one night I was laying in bed and I had wished my mom, like I wish I had told her what had happened and she could have given me one of the funny like, little little pieces like you know life is life what can you do what can you do you know i wish i could just like you know go back in time but i was like 12 uh my dad was about to go away for six months and he got drunk and he would before he goes into treatment he'd always get like really wild drunk he'd just be like it's my farewell you know i gotta i'm not gonna have it for like six months so so he'd go really hard and then I remember I was in my twin bed. My dad, who was big motherfucker, six one, six feet tall, climbing into my twin bed. It's dark. He's he's blackout drunk, and he just reeks of liquor. And he comes in my room. and He's like, I can't believe like I'm gonna like I gotta go. I gotta go to like rehab, and I'm gonna miss your birthday. And uh, you're turning 13 and, you know, and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I don't, I don't even understand what's going on because I'm 12 years old. So I'm like petting his head, like how fucked up that image is, right? He's crying. I'm petting his head. My dad tells me he's going to leave me for like six months and will miss my 13th birthday, but I'm not shedding tears because I know I'm not allowed to cry in this moment, I'm supposed to comfort this giant baby. So I'm petting him going, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. It's totally fine. It's like, yeah, you know, you only turn 13 once. And I'm like, okay, it's making it less okay. Because I'm starting to like think about it. And then he's like, I just want you to know, like, you know, you're not my first son. And I was like still petting him. I wasn't crying. And I just, I was just like still petting him. He's still kind of crying, but he's also kind of laughing, which is sick. But he's like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's you're, you're my firstborn. But I, in college, I got my therapist pregnant and, um, and, and she got a, a, a an abortion, but we knew it was going to be a boy. Now I'm 12 years old, just learning, you know, I'm just, I'm learning the ropes of alcoholism. Like I'm just kind of learning this playground of alcoholism. Now I'm also privy to abortion, um, fucking my therapist. Uh, and I'm kind of like, I'm soaking it up at 12. I'm soaking it up. And 
I look back and I just wish my mom was like in the room to be like, you know, that's life. That's life. That's how it goes. Life is life. Like, cause like, <laughs> like that's how I looked back at it. And I applied the like, it's no big deal. You are okay. Everything's fine. Like I, I, I also like sucked it up and just never dealt with that moment. But I realized like looking back on it, like that's what's fucking wrong with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like I, I've been, I was, it, nobody told me to like suck it up, move on. Don't say anything. Don't tell other people this, like what had occurred. I knew innately, like naturally that what just happened was fucked up. And like the information that was shared with me was fucked up. And my dad was so drunk and such an asshole that he just felt the need to like say it and then explain. He was like, look, we knew the gender was male and we aborted it. Abortions, the, you know, we killed the baby. I'm like, dad, I know I get it. You know, I get it. But like he went through the thing. So my point is <laughs> for me as a grown man at 28 years old, I can look back on that memory and realize, hmm, probably shouldn't have told me that. You know what I mean? Like that's probably, you know, and, and there's this thing, um, that I read about and someone had told me to read about called parentification. And that's kind of what I did. I just, I became a father. I was everybody's daddy. I took in a lot of project people. Holy fucking shit. Not short of that. I literally uh, took in people that were what I would consider mentally retarded and, and tried to, um, befriend them and, and socialize myself with them. And, and and keep them around me and 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 that's the thing i started out it's like i never had a chance you know what i'm saying like i started out kind of loving a project air quote type person someone who needs saving someone who needs helping someone who needs uh support to do things and they don't really but you feel the need to do these things because you're parentifying or whatever so the 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 headline of this episode the thing I want you to take away with my share is that, look, your parents can tell you fucked up things. I don't care how old you are. Your parents may have done fucked up things, but you can fix and undo and quite frankly, laugh because I'm writing this shit into my act. This shit is hilarious. Let's be honest here. I'm not even being emotional. I'm just saying the 12 year old me with the beard laying in bed with the big my dad drunk telling me the abortion story is amazing like it's like it's one of like the funniest things i could i couldn't even make that fucking story up you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah these life experiences happen sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad it's a fucking mixed bag it's a mixed fucking bag but what are you going to do man what the fuck are you going to do you got to be able to journal and uh, take this shit in stride and talk about it and figure out the things inside of you that you know would fuck you up and correct them and i think that you know it feels nice to be sorry about the yawn it feels nice to be on the right path and uh i genuinely love every single one of you and thank you for listening and supporting the show it means a lot to me and we are working I'm, i've been working on like a patreon situation uh, where I do more episodes, more content. Uh, I think I'd sell it for like a dollar a membership or something. So if you guys are interested in that, obviously uh, keep listening. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any topics you want to discuss with me, email the unfunny Kevin show at gmail.com. Uh, the Instagram's unfunny Kev, unfunny Kevin on Twitter. 
Uh, and as far as shows go, you can stay tapped in with me through Instagram. I'll be posting and sharing stuff there. Support tappedinmusic.com, please. Uh, it's it's my baby, and I'm excited about what we have coming on there. And uh, other than that, I hope you guys had a fucking great week. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. And I look forward to talking to you next week and um, sharing how this all goes. Because I think I'm going to do... I think I'll get my first therapy session this week. So that'll be funny, no doubt. And the stories I can... <laughs> share and spare from my childhood and and whatever uh uh should be uh you know podcast worthy so thank you so much again for listening and uh have a great week So tired.